Hi, and welcome to this six-part podcast on the power of the written and spoken word with our very special guest, writer, poet, and performance artist, Cecily Holland, author of All Who Sail In Us, Cecily, welcome. In this second episode, Cecily talks to us about religion and all its enormity, reflecting on her Irish Catholic heritage. Religion, to me, is a curse. It's dreadful, and it, it drives me around the bend. And all my sisters, apart from the eldest one, who had a breakdown and became Jehovah's Witness, but all the rest of us left as soon as we could. Unfortunately for my mother, who dragged us all to Mass every Sunday and what have you. But I cannot abide religion. I think it's a curse. I'll just tell you this story about one time, quite a few years ago, and, I, and I'd gone... I hadn't written any poetry in public as such. I'd just sort of written it secretly to myself and not that much really. So I'd gone to, I lived in Lancaster in the north of England and I'd gone, me and my partner had gone over to Newcastle in the northeast for the weekend and we were coming, we were coming back on the Sunday, we were due back, but we had to come back early because it, it was snowing and the snow was getting thicker. So we had to come back early because we were going across over the moors. So which made it slightly more <laughs> symbolic somehow. So as we, were dri- as we were driving across through this quite fairly thick snow, we had the radio on, middle of nowhere, and Desert Island Discs came on and I don't usually listen to that either. And there was a man on it, and he, by coincidence, he was from Newcastle, and he was a children's book writer. And he, he was telling a story that someone had said to him, until he wrote a story about his own childhood, then he wouldn't be successful. He'd had a little bit of a success, but not much. And he was he was quite adamant that he was he wouldn't do it, but he got persuaded anyway to do it. And he did. He wrote his own about his own childhood. And as soon as he wrote the story of his own childhood, that was it. He he became very successful then. So my said to me that's what you need you you need to do that with religion you've got to write a poem about religion and I was going no chance no way I'm not writing a poem about religion that's the last thing I'll be writing a poem on you must be joking blah 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 what did you say that for <laughs> all this so so that was it she didn't say anything she didn't comment any further she just said it so then gets back to Lancaster a few hours later and um I was just sort of mooching around the place and then we actually lived um on the same street as the cathedral it was at the bottom of our street. It was only about 20 or 30 houses down the road, down the hill. So I went to put the rubbish out, opened the back door, ready for Monday morning. And um, it was the next day. And the, the next, so I opened the back door, put the rubbish out. And, the, and as I opened the back door, the cathedral bells were got really going for it. were clanging like mad, really loud. And they seemed much, uh, much louder than normal. And I got really mad. I was really furious. I was going, right, that's it. <laughs> So I went back in and I uh, started to write a poem and I off 15 verses and the first verse, and I was really mad, the first verse starts, it's just called religion, the poem is just called religion and the first verse was, ring your fucking bell religion for all I care, take your god squad out of my hair, and you're swooping down like a vulture, burning hell or Catholic culture. And it just goes on and on and on and on like that. And I didn't realise either. Another thing, till after I'd written it, it was a good few months later, that it, it was sort of through the eyes of as me as a seven-year-old, strangely, um, apart from the swearing I put there. 
And um, so, and I, and, I, and I performed it at various places because I loved it, absolutely adored it. And uh, I, in some ways, I wish I hadn't written it, that I would just gone and seen me, somebody like someone else perform it because I so wanted, I, I loved it that much. But it was mine anyway. And I, I was expecting trouble from people after I performed it. I didn't get any for quite a while. And a lot of people really came up to me afterwards and they were thanking me and almost touching bowing down to me it was strange that I, you know that I'd touched on this because so many they felt left or deserted that they'd had this really dread and not just Catholics other religions as well they'd had this religious upbringing and they'd just been left they'd, they'd left it but then it was still in them after all these years and I sort of opened it up a bit and they were coming to me for some kind of comfort or something which was quite sad in a way. So I was expecting trouble, uh, half expecting it. And so I was at, here, here in Portsmouth. I didn't live in Portsmouth at the time, but I'd come to visit and I, I did some performing while I was here in Portsmouth, while I was on holiday here. And there was people waiting afterwards, after I'd done the performance, they were sort of queuing up a bit, waiting to speak to me, which always surprises me. I always think they're waiting for somebody else for, for me. Anyway, I could see this woman near the back of the queue and I, and I was a bit slightly suspicious of her Anyway, and I thought, hey, oh, what's who's who's this? So, and I each time I perform the poem, I, I before I say it, I always say this is just my own personal opinion, my view, and I don't mean to offend anybody. So anyway, she comes up, very straight laced, dressed, sort of an older woman, quite conventional looking, and um, she says to me, what did she say? She says, by the way, she goes, I, she, I think she said she likes my poetry. I'm thinking, oh. I'm going, yeah, okay. So then, because I knew she didn't, she goes, I like, yes, I liked your poem, Poetry Cecily, um, but can I just say, and I was sat down and she was stood up and I'm disabled and I can't move particularly fast. So she said, but may I just say, I have deep pity for you like this. And I was furious. So I leapt up really fast, even though I'm disabled, leapt up off my chair and she spun around, turned around to walk away, turned her back on me, which really infuriated me. So before she could barely, she could take a step, and I said, um, "Well, you, you," I said, "You've," I can't remember my exact words, but along the lines of, I said, "Well, you've obviously not listened to what a word of that poem." You know, I said, "I've, I know all about religion." I said, "Times ten, every detail of it." I said, "That's why I wrote the poem." So you don't need to feel sorry for me because I've had it. I've had it up to here, love, like this. So she just, she looked really freaked out and just went waddled off wobbled off and um anyway she reported me to the manager she complained of, of the aspects gallery and he just said well it's you know it's up to, i think she thought it's gonna be some poetry reading or something of a, a tamer time uh, but she also complained about a, a man who was wrote a poem about being um abused in an irish school when he lived in ireland you know so it's just just ridiculous but i i i haven't performed it for a long time that poem because of, of not just because not because of her but because of other backlash there's so much backlashes these days on the internet and i don't want a, a lot of god squad god squad christians coming for me and what have you but it's religion is to me it's uh it's the scum of the earth. I'd like to thank Cecily Holland for her amazing contribution to this podcast series. And a thank you to her publicist, Caroline Brennan, for setting this all up. You can find more about Cecily's work on Amazon and Instagram. See you in the next episode on the power of the written and spoken word. Thanks for listening.